Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. An insider's look at the National Football League. It's NFL Lunch. Presented by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. With Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. Time to feed you some more football here. NFL Lunch. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Bob Haney with you. Vinny's off today. He'll be back on Monday. Nolan McGraw is on the other side of the glass. We heard from John Harbaugh last hour or so talking about his team and now the offseason. Here is Eric DaCosta, Ravens GM. Talking about uh, you lost, it stings, but you can't dwell, right? You know, Jerry, they're, they're all gut-wrenching, you know, for me. Uh, but I move on. Sandusky, As I said, you know, I don't, I don't have the luxury. I don't get to talk about it on the radio all week and write articles about it. I have to move on. I mean, that is what it is. I got to go to the Senior Bowl. I mean, imagine how my wife felt when I told her Sunday night, oh, by the way, I'm leaving in the morning to go to the Senior Bowl for the week. But that's what we do. And it was a hard game. You know, uh, you move on. You have to. I mean, there's been so many games over the years. You know, I could go into. I could. I could talk about the game against the Steelers in 2007 when I was at the Manhattan Beach Marriott and Monday night game when I smashed the mirror in my hotel room. I think we were down 21 nothing in the first what five minutes of the game, Jamison. 2007. I don't remember that one. You? Regular Ra- season, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, Ravens. They didn't even make. They were what five and eleven. Right. That was uh, the well. There wasn't a whole lot of good that year. Yeah, yeah, I would have been. I would have been more smashing stuff in the 2009, the 2008 championship game. But to Eric DaCosta's point, we can do it. I mean, I still lament losses by the Orioles and the Terps from the 70s and playoff games the Colts lost when I was like 12 years old. And we'll sit here and probably complain about this loss to Kansas City for many years to come until they win an AFC championship. So for Eric DaCosta, he didn't want time to be goofing around with. He's got to on to the next, which is keeping the team viable and contenders in the toughest conference in football. There's only two of them, but the AFC is tougher than the NFC, to my point. Right. And you talk about the disappointing losses. Go back to 2019. As disappointing as that was, everyone was kind of sitting there saying, well, they'll be back, right? You know, this is just the beginning First full year with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. Still have the rest of his rookie contract to spend all this money. We know what happened there. Now you get back to this point, number one seed again. You come up short. There are no guarantees. So, I mean, are we going to be talking about this 20 years from now where you're sitting there saying, man, that stings even worse than we thought at the time because that was their last chance? Well, I'll go this way, though. 
2018, Lamar took over second half of the season, helped lead them to the playoffs. 19, talked about it a million times. Made the playoffs again in 20, won a game, lost a Buffalo divisional round, and then Lamar missed two Decembers. Mm-hmm. And still made the playoffs in 2022, did the Ravens, and then this year. I mean, so technically, five of his six years, they've made the postseason. So getting to the playoffs is something we expect to happen. Now it's time to take next levels. And that's that's what people want. And, you know, they want if we want it and we feel the pain, what do you think they feel? I mean, how bad do you think Lamar feels today? He mm-hmm. won't show it. He's certainly not going to pop off on social media about it, I wouldn't think. But you don't think he's laying in bed or sitting there going, damn, if I'd have just done this or we would have just done that. You don't think he's living that thing over and over and over again? With how obsessed he's shown us to be with it? Exactly. Vinny yeah. and Haney, 105.7 The Fan NFL Lunch. Joe Hortiz has left. He will be the new GM for the Chargers out there with Jim Harbaugh. And here's Eric DaCosta talking about the loss of his sidekick and, you know, who's uh, who's next man up, if you will. Yeah, I mean, Joe and I worked together for 26 years and, you know, for probably the last 15, he sat next to me, you know, during the draft and had a chance to, to study and watch me stack the board and run the meetings and Great evaluator, uh, great consensus builder. Uh, he, he did an amazing job the last five years, especially really working closely with the scouts, managing and leading the scouts. Uh, and he's just, he's just a great guy. He's one of my best friends. I'm very happy for he, he and Jennifer and their kids, the boys. Uh, it's a special family. You know, as far as replacements, uh, we, we've got a great staff. And one of the one of the luxuries I have as a GM is that we've all been together for a very, very long time. You have, you know, someone like George Kokinas who's, who's been here forever, uh, probably the best, you know, pro personnel guy in the league. And that's how we find these guys like the Van Noys and the Clownies and the Millettes and the Darbies and all those kind of guys. Yeah, so it's not going to be easy to replace Joe Ortiz, but the Ravens' continuity is one of their strengths, so... I'm assuming it'll be an in-house sort of thing, but you never know. Right. It certainly didn't catch him off guard. I mean, how many years now has Ortiz been getting interviews or some interest generated for his services elsewhere? It's not like this just came out of left field and now they're sitting there, well, we got nobody. I'm sure there's somebody that they've had tabbed to take over for a while. And here's a big question that we've been asking this week on the show, Vinny and Haney with Nolan McGraw, NFL Lunch, featured artist Friday. It's Jack White. The running back room for the Ravens. Got a lot of free agents. Dobbins, Edwards. Keaton Mitchell's not going to be back anytime soon, if at all, in 2024, which leaves you Justice Hill. Now you have Dalvin Cook. Maybe Melvin Gordon's on the practice squad, but that probably a guy past his best days. What's left in the tank for Dalvin Cook? I don't know, but Eric DaCosta, that running back room's looking a little bare right now. Yeah, well, I'm glad we have uh, Justice on a two-year deal, you know. Uh, last year, you know, Nick was, was able to get a two-year deal done with Justice, and Justice was really one of the unsung heroes of the team this year down the stretch. I mean, guy had a phenomenal season. Um, you know, obviously we do have some free agents, and, uh, you know, uh, it was a challenge this year with J.K.'s injury, which was unfortunate, terrible for us, and then with Keaton. But, um, you know, we'll assess that market. We'll talk to those guys. We'll try to 
we'll see where things kind of lie with, with Gus and J.K., both two guys I have a lot of respect for, two outstanding players for us over the past three or four years. I don't know. We had Brian McFarlane on yesterday, said Dobbins might be a change of scenery kind of dude. Gus Edwards had averaged five yards a carry throughout his career until this year when he was a 4.1, which isn't bad. It's not five. I think this running back room is going to have a dramatically different look to it. Right, and you, you have to make a serious swing. Not saying you draft someone in the first round, but, you know, do something a little more inspired than trying to squeeze whatever's left out of a Dalvin Cook. That's a whole nother side story this week. Everyone up in arms about Dalvin Cook not touching the ball. Right. When did he, or since when is he still prime Dalvin Cook? Yeah. What did he show you this year that said that? Robin Sala said, Robert Sala, here, hold my beer. Right. <laughs> he barely played for the Jets. I mean, he gave them nothing. And when the Ravens signed him, it was purely a depth move. If what's his name, uh, Gordon didn't fumble in that Steelers game, who knows if Cook's even on the playoff roster? That's a good point. But, and Vinny's brought this up, they need a guy that can replicate the Keaton Mitchell speed, which isn't easy to do. The guy's a world-class football speed dude. But someone like that that can get around those edges because Lamar doesn't seem to be able to do it or doesn't want. I don't know what's going on there because 2019, nobody's catching him and nobody's catch, catching Keaton Mitchell. They need somebody similar to that. Right. If you can make that your kind of – that's your one addition – I'm not opposed to bringing back Gus Edwards. It's really just a, a price thing with him. We know the running back market is crazy, kind of hard to project right now what guys will settle for or still want to get. If he wants to stay, I imagine you could do like a one-year deal with him. Mm -hmm. And Justice Hill, I mean, I'm not ready to announce him as your number one running back. No. But very, asset. very, very solid. Video at Haiti 1057. The Fed won't come back. Getting to a little Mike Elias, who met with the media as well, talking about the trade of Corbin Burns. And according to uh, what Cordell's uh, sending out on social media, Cordell Woodland, he might not be done yet in regards to adding some pitching. So stay tuned for that. Jonas Schaefer, Baltimore Banner. He was out at one winning drive. Get his impressions of today's press conference. End of year press conference. Next on the agenda for the Ravens will be what? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Vinny and Haney, two opposites attracted by a paycheck. 105.7 The Fan. A, a 
big trade and I think a big uh, addition and moment for, for our team. Uh, Corbin Burns is exactly what we needed. Um, we were in a dogged pursuit of him the entire offseason, and it's a, it's a tremendous impact. Mike Elias, Orioles general manager, met with the media around 1230, talking about the blockbuster, as it's been described. Trade the Orioles made with the Brewers. Jack White, White Stripes, Either Or, Featured Artist Friday, a couple more segments to go. Anything you want to hear from them, I'm guessing Seven Nation Armies coming up here, calling me Columbo. But uh, you got a song you want to throw out there, a little deep cut? Send your request to the Plaza for text line, and Nola McGraw is there for you. But that's Elias talking about the deal. Came down last night. I think Ken Rosenthal originally reported it, and Jeff, uh, Jeff Passan, and then everyone else. Confirmed at 29 years old, 10 and 8 with a 3.39 earn run average last year for the Brewers. Made it to the playoffs, 193 innings pitched, 200 uh, 200 right on the nose strikeouts. He's had over 200 Ks three times in his career. Cy Young Award winner back in 2021. He's thrown a no hitter. He's been a Gold Glove finalist. He's 29, as we said. He's in the prime of his career. He's made the All Star team multiple times as well, including last year. The only issue, and I'm using gigantic air quotes, Nolan McGraw, issue is he's in the walk year of his deal. So it's 2024, unless the Orioles extend him, and I'll ask you the same thing we were talking about earlier in the show. It's Vinny and Haney, Bob Haney, Nolan McGraw. Vinny's off today. If he helps you win the World Series, and it's a big if. I mean, the Orioles haven't been to a World Series and coming up on 41 years here. If he helps you win the World Series and then says, see you later via free agency, and D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz become all-stars for the Brewers and whoever they pick at 34 becomes a stud, are we saying this is still a thumbs-up deal for the Orioles? I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. I mean, I don't even know if he's even worn an Oriole hat yet. But if that turns out to be the case, because if these one-year rentals help you achieve success, I think that's kind of, you get a pass. I say no doubt. Like a career pass. Right. I mean, you're, what are you playing for? There's nothing higher in the sport than winning the World Series. That's it. That's the end goal. I mean, sure, you'd like to have a, you know, a 10-year window where you win three or four. But for (laughs) this organization... For someone like me, my age, people even 10 years older than me, 15 Two generations years, right. of fans. We've never even sniffed it outside of 2014. Right. So, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we had people threatening and say they'd cut off arms, they'd cut off, they were willing to sacrifice body parts to see the Orioles finally win a world championship. But here's Mike Elias stating the obvious, the impact Corbin Burns is going to have on this team. Not only is there a talent impact there, but there's also an innings track record that he provides. You know, our staff's pretty young. You know, other than other than John Means, um, these guys are at the forefront of their first few years in the major leagues. So having the experience, and I think somebody for the young guys to look up to and lean on, um, and who can help pick up the slack is going to be enormous. I expect him to uh, really, really help uh, not just our team, but the rest of the starters on the pitching staff. And if you missed Bob Nightingale last hour from USA Today, future Hall of Fame baseball writer, he said he's one of the five, six best pitchers in the game. Forget about league, the whole majors. 
but he's also a killer, killer teammate and a nice guy. So we saw with Jordan Lyles a couple years ago the impact he had positively in the clubhouse. And then last year, Kyle Gibson, they both had roles where they helped nurture and were respected by their younger teammates. So now you're getting a guy coming in at 29 years old who not only apparently is a great teammate, is also a notch or two above both of those guys in regards to what he brings on the mound every fifth day, too. And you think of what he'll speak later today, right? Four Four, o'clock. Four o'clock. You know, his reaction to the trade, interested to hear that because obviously we know things weren't all hunky-dory between him and the Brewers. They blamed him for missing the playoffs a couple years ago. He wasn't exactly, you know, beating the drum, say, hey, trade me, trade me, I need out of here. So a little interested to see, you know, okay, him finding out he's getting dealt, then that he's getting dealt to Baltimore, you know, going from Milwaukee, who's been sort of perennial contender, but never really advanced super deep. And now you're joining a, a World Series contender that just won over 100 games. You know, bit of a roller coaster of emotions there. Yeah. And then you're going to be pitching not only for a team that's going to be in the toughest division in baseball, you're going to be probably on a national stage much more than you've been even though the Brewers were contenders, as you said, Nolan, probably get a lot more national exposure. And if you come to Baltimore and do what you've done, just be you, man, you could throw a blank check out there to somebody. Unless the Orioles and uh, David Rubenstein's group get a little proactive here. Right, and we talked about the regular season numbers speak for themselves. Maybe the most consistent National League pitcher over the last four or five years. Mm Mm-hmm. Postseason, much more limited, only 19 innings pitched for him in the postseason, but an ERA of 2.84 there. So So he's not a a Clayton Kershaw that implodes at the first sight of postseason baseball. A little dig at Clayton Kershaw there from a Nolan McGraw. And then finally, Mike Elias was asked why the Brewers felt as though the Orioles were the best fit. We have the firepower in our farm system to, to make these trades. Also, we had a major league ready starting shortstop and Joey Ortiz, who we had other alternatives to on our roster. And I think that, uh, you know, that probably uh, put, put us at the top of the heap. Yeah. Joey Ortiz as brilliant as he is defensively. And again, you know, if you read around the scouts have said, not Gunner, not Jackson holiday, not Mateo, the best defensive shortstop in the organization is him and the bats played the last couple of years as well, but there's no room at the inn here with the Orioles and they've got Peralta or, or Adamas rather. Will they trade him? Won't they trade him? Because he's hitting a walk year with the Brewers, but if they do, then he probably slides right in at shortstop for them. And DL Hall, man, throws on your mile an hour. And if he can harness that, then maybe he gets back in the rotation. I did envision him being a, a big asset to the Orioles at the back end of the bullpen, though. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't going to start here. He might now start for the Brewers. No, could have been uh, falling in line of that trend of you know Orioles' top pitching prospects that never quite panned out as a starter, but very effective in the bullpen. Think about Brian Mattis, Zach Britton, of course. Sure. D.L. Hall could be a similar vein, just 
not with the O's anymore. To a lesser extent, Tanner Scott kind of found himself in that uh, bullpen situation. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. When we come back, back to Owings Mills, Jonas Schaefer, Baltimore Banner. He was there. Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh talked about things. What did they talk about? If you missed any of it, you're going to find out next. Trip through the Funhouse, Nolan McGraw, around 145 or so, and then inside access at 2. To say it's a busy day here in Baltimore sports-wise, it be the colossal understatement of the week. Your exclusive home for all Baltimore sports. 1057 The Fan. I don't know. I, I love the guys we have coming back. I mean, I think Bates going to have a great season. And uh, and we got say we would talk to guys and look at potentially bringing some guys back. But I feel really good about where we are. Derek DaCosta. Ravens GM talking about the wide receiver room for 2024 and how different that could possibly look. Talked about the running backs earlier where you have Justice Hill and nobody really knows. But Zay Flowers had a fabulous rookie season. Yes, he fumbled. Yes, he had the dopey penalty. But he did score a touchdown in that game. He was kind of Lamar's guy right from the season opener against Houston throughout so zay flowers a-okay there rashad bateman though nolan mcgraw as he's now going into what year four out of minnesota we've been breaking for that waiting for the breakout year which has never happened it looked like first half of last year 22 was going to when he averaged what almost 20 yards a reception but this year never really seemed to get in groove with Lamar Jackson here. Right. He's a definite no on the fifth-year option as far as I'm concerned right now. Uh, it's a risk you're going to have to be willing to take. If he pops off next year, just be glad that you got one year out of him. I know that sounds very defeatist for a guy you took in the first round, but let's be brutally honest here. I mean, he hasn't stayed healthy, like you said. And even this year where you know he was there for 16 out of 17 games, 367 yards. And sure, there's other mouths to feed, Yep. but, I mean, sooner or later, you're going to have to turn up some sort of production. And look, my attention span's not what it used to be in my advanced years and burning of millions of brain cells, but there would be games, and, you know, we watch every second of every Ravens game where you forget he's even on the team mm-hmm. or even on the field because he becomes such a non-factor in the game planning. Now, like the, one, two targets a week sort of thing. Right. That being said, go back to Sunday, the interception play, Lamar throwing into triple coverage. On that very play, Bateman had a one-on-one against a, a corner on the outside, and, yeah, and double he, moved him. He yeah. made him look silly. And if he's, you know, we we give Bateman the business, you know, when his stats aren't up to par, like I just said. But he's probably sitting there saying, "Well, damn, you know, I had a chance to make a play in the AFC Championship game." that could have maybe helped send us to the Super Bowl, and I didn't get the opportunity. Well, and the harsh reality of the NFL in particular because of, you know, fifth-year options and salary caps, you know, the clock is ticking for him to become that guy. But we just heard Eric DaCosta say that they have confidence he will be. Does Nelson Aguilar come back? He did not have a ton of production in regards to number of catches and yardage, but boy, he made most of his catches count count with touchdowns. Does Odell Beckham Jr. come back? I mean, was he worth $15 million on the field? Absolutely not. In the locker room, within the team chemistry, probably. But is that enough to justify bringing him back at 31 years old? If he even wants to play football 
in 2024. So a lot of questions about running back and wide receiver because, you know, Lamar Jackson, he can be a one-man gang. You don't want him to be a one-man gang. You need some assets to help him along. And, you know, you can't come in there. We thought this was going to be a year in which Lamar was going to throw for, not me, but some people thought was going to throw for over 4,000 yards. And he did have a very effective passing game, enough to uh, put the quarterback rating over 100 for the first time since his MVP year, the first MVP year of 2019. But, you know, Lamar Jackson can't do it alone. So we'll look at it that way as well. Another thing to look at as well, Nolan, with the Ravens, and we'll get into it next week as we have more time, the offensive line and what's uh, the deal there. With, you know, Ronnie Stanley, does Kevin Zeitler come back? What's going to happen with Simpson at left guard? I mean, does Morgan Moses return? The one certainty that I think we look at with this Ravens offensive line as we sit on February 2nd anywhere is that, you know, Tyler Lindenbaum's your center. Other than that, what the hell's going on here? That's the only known. I do have DaCosta here talking about the O-line. Well, I think the offensive line is always going to be something that we stress here. You know, we're going to continue to look at that every single year, particularly as you get older. You know, uh, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher for guys to stay healthy. And unfortunately, Ronnie, no fault of his own, but he has had, you know, a series of injuries that have hurt him, hurt his performance, uh, the ankle, and then a series of knee injuries. And so that's definitely been a factor. You know, uh, I love Ronnie. Uh, He's still a talented player. I think this is going to be a big offseason for him getting himself healthy, getting himself strong again, coming back in great football shape. We'll make all those personnel decisions over the coming weeks, what we decide to do. But as far as the position in general, I definitely think, you know, Coach said this in 2008 when we interviewed him. He said we're always going to have a strong, physical, big offensive line, and that's kind of bled into the culture of this place and who we are as an organization. We're going to continue to do that. Big, physical, effective. I mean, pro bowlers galore we have seen since 2008 with the names changing over the years. But it sounded there from Eric DaCosta, Nolan, that Ronnie Stanley does factor in to 2024, much to the dismay of Vinny Serrato, I guess, who we'll talk about that with on Monday. Well, you probably, I mean, you want to give him every chance you can because you are on the hook here for a lot of money. Sure. Getting out of this contract, there may be a way, but it's still not going to be the easiest from a financial perspective. So they're in no rush here. You know, this isn't like a, a cut and dry, save $10 million in cap just by cutting this guy. So, you know, as easy and look, Vinny makes good points about Stanley. He's costing you games. You know, when you turn in that kind of performance in the playoffs. Yeah, is the desire to succeed still there? Or even down the stretch, you know, being on – you know, a pitch count, so to speak, and having to rotate in and out with a, a backup like McCary. So you could be ready by this time of year and you go out there and you, you know, let Lamar's blind side completely unprotected. And we look at the current roster in regards to in-house replacements. Is Fa Lele ready to not left tackle, but maybe assume the right tackle spot? Voorhees, the kid from USC who missed all the season. He played guard. At the collegiate level, Sala, who was in the running for the left guard spot during training camp until Simpson distanced himself, as we know, because he played all the time. But I don't know if there's a tackle replacement for Ronnie Stanley. And, you know, the famous words, protect the blind side. 
Look, Lamar counting the playoffs was sacked over 40 times this year, which is kind of zany mm-hmm. given his elusiveness. Right. Now, it, it's a double-edged sword here. I think you can make the strong argument that you'd like to move on from Stanley for performance reasons, but left tackles don't exactly grow on trees. Uh, I don't even think there's, you know, 15 good ones. I mean, like good, like just Look serviceable at the ones. Nolan revolving door at tackle after J.O. retired. Mm-hmm. I mean, you brought in service, the McKinney's of the world to get you through. Kid from Maryland, who's named Jared Gaither, right? Didn't he get in there somewhere? Yeah, at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you get the point. I mean, it's not like Ogden retired where he became a Hall of, where he was a Hall of Famer. And then, oh, there's the next guy. It took him until they drafted Ronnie Stanley to find the next guy. And that was a premium draft pick. Like where the Ravens, six, yeah. yeah, you had a, a rare instance where you, you know, what, five wins in a year or something, something that hasn't been a, a common occurrence in the Harbaugh era, and you're able to take advantage and get a left tackle. Yeah, usually they have five wins by the end of October. <laughs> that was uh, the 15 debacle injury led. But that's then, this is now, and Ronnie Stanley, him, Linderbaum, that's a nice start. If, what, but what Ronnie are you getting? The 19 version, I think, Nolan doesn't exist anymore. No, unfortunately, not even close. I mean, you're just hoping that one, he can play a full season. That's number one, which I don't think he can do at this point. And two, I mean, give us average league average play for a tackle. Yeah. Spinny at 81057. The fans, speaking of number one, Orioles got themselves a number one starter trading for Cor- Corbin Burns yesterday, last night from the Brewers. Give up a couple of high level prospects and a high draft pick to do so. But Orioles are in it to win it. So I applaud said move. Not that Mike Elias needs my seal of approval, that's for sure. And boxing fans, tough news here. Tyson Fury got cut in training. So the scheduled. February 17th unification bout with Alexander Usyk has been postponed. So that's off the table for now. At the stadium, Vinny schmoozes in luxury suites. From the left, dear, one serves from the left. Whatever's gotten into you, Campania? Haney, post up in the bleachers. You're all garbage! The only place to catch Vinny and Haney together is on 105.7 The Fan. Yeah, they're waiting three hours and 50 minutes for this. Featured artist Friday. This is the White Stripes, Jack White. This is the song that uh, I guess Baltimore's claimed for its own at all sporting events. Whoa, uh, 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 uh. Couldn't name one lyric to it. But this is your song, Baltimore, for you, written for you by Jack White. Nah, not really. I probably wasn't even thinking about Baltimore when this song was uh, pen to paper. Right, Nolan? Yeah, I, I look, if it was up to me, we would have bumped it for another one. But, you know, I think people would have had a fit if we didn't play it. So That's their song. That's the stairway to heaven for the White Stripes there, I guess. I don't know. Again, I'm not a expert on their catalog. Corbin Burns joining Baltimore. The Orioles, that is. Trade coming over from Milwaukee. Mike Elias met with the media. I'm sure Inside Access will be talking about that coming up in a few minutes. Mike Elias did say they're not done. 
Not necessarily done chasing some pitching here, so stay tuned for that. John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta met with the media talking about things relating to the football team. Uh, I like Eric's comments about the running back and wide receiver room and offensive line. So now it's time to start filling some holes. Free agency is going to be interesting to keep an eye on because the Ravens have 22 or 23 unrestricted free agents. Yeah, at least 20. Yeah, somewhere in that range. And a lot of fancy names who were worthy of pay increases. DaCosta did not want to get an adjusted matter. BK's contract situation, that appears to be a franchise settler unless they can get a long-term deal done. Right, yeah. I mean, you don't want to ruin any progress that you might have or any headway in a, in a contract discussion by sitting down with the media and saying, oh, this is exactly what we're doing. And uh, if it doesn't work out, we'll just put the franchise tag on them. So they they know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm sure they're talking. And do not go to the owners' meetings and say, this is why we suck at drafting defensive tackles. And they'll be what? Remember last year, Bateman got all bent about the wide receiver comment. It's not a stand-up routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just think. You're not George Carlin. Hey, but if you're funny, man, you're funny. And make us laugh. How's better that? material. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, inside access coming up here in a matter of minutes. Let's uh, let's get on out of here, Nolan. Fun out. Quick draws. Fun house. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. I like that quick draw. 1057 The Fan. First one here says, after 2019, they did the same thing again. Absolutely inexcusable. Munkin is no better than the losers that came before him. Ouch. This was the Ravens' year. They blew it a bitter pill because they were the best team in football but didn't have the best coaching staff. Well, the thing that stands out to me about what John Harbaugh said, why didn't they run the ball? And he said it earlier today, and I'm sure Inside Access will have it for you in a couple of minutes. We fell behind. Fell. I, technically, yes. By 17, 24 points? No. Biggest deficit was 10. So, goes back to what we talked about Monday. It seemed as though they panicked just a tad and got away from their game plan. You got Nick in Haverty Grace who says the Harbaugh press conference was, quite frankly, hard to listen to. A lot of words being said, but... Not really, uh, didn't really say anything. Uh, typically a pro hardball guy, but that wasn't a great look. You have to take some ownership and just flat out say you screwed up. Yep, and he did praise Kansas City's game plan, Steve Spagnola, for making them improvise and adapt a little bit, but they got way out of sync, and we talked about it, Nolan, you brought it up earlier this hour. Hey, Houston had them backpedaling a little bit in the divisional round and the Ravens went out in the second half and imposed their will. It's like they didn't try to impose their will. Not saying they didn't try, but for whatever reason, it was a different tenor to the game. This one here reads, uh, people need to stop blaming everybody else. It comes down to the quarterback. Oh boy. People put him on a pedestal all season, uh, prop him up to be great in the postseason. He is not. No, Lamar's taking his uh, – he's taking some heat this week. It's not like he's without blame. I mean, if you could sit there and honestly say he had no part in the loss, I mean, you're being very close-minded and didn't watch the game. Todd Monken didn't say throw in the triple coverage mm-hmm. or hold the ball for seven seconds. He said throw, yeah. just not throw in the triple coverage. Yeah, throw it to 
a guy with your color jersey. He said throw and yeah. throw again. <laughs> one more time. Throw it again. Yeah. Uh, this one here, talking about Lamar again, the uh, lack of speed or lack of elusiveness this Has year. Has he lost a step, I yeah, guess. This texter we... here says looks like uh, still – has some of those extra pounds that he put on from a year or so ago. Uh, is a bit of a trade-off. He's probably not as injury-prone now because of it. Well, he played all the games except for the one he sat out, the finale against uh, the Steelers. I mean, he's still fast, mobile, explosive. But, you know, this was a caller who brought it up earlier just tuning in. Is he a step slower than he was four years ago? Aren't we all? That's he, fair. Yeah, he doesn't get drilled. I mean, last year he took his share of hits and ultimately was knocked out for the season. I thought this year was relatively clean for a guy that was sacked over 40 times. And how about one last one here from Howard in Baltimore who says the move to get Corbin Burns feels similar like the move for the Ravens to get Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Hopefully he will bring an element of pitching that elevates everyone else on the staff. Excited about this move. Sorry to see the other prospects go, but it is business. I think he will be more impactful to the Orioles than Odell Beckham ever was to the Ravens on the field. And, you know, they did have, you know, the Bradish and Grayson had two of the five lowest earned run averages in the American League in the second half of the season. And let's not forget, first half of the year, Tyler Wells, when he was pitching out of the rotation, had the lowest whip. I think we're looking at the rotation like they were the 88 Orioles. They were much better dealing the ball than I think we tend to give them credit for. But they're sure as hell better today than they were yesterday. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. That's going to do it for us for the week. Vinny will be back on Monday. Inside Access coming up next for Nolan McGraw. I'm Bob Haney. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll talk to you Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. For now, class this week. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 